Seb, if you're if you're gonna be if you're gonna be muted this whole episode, it's gonna be hard to respond to what you're saying. It's just gonna be all mime from Seb. <laughs> Seb is playing the part of the ghost um, in this podcast. Oh. I'm almost done my food. I'm sorry. They made me start recording. <laughs> <laughs> I thought you were apologizing like, to apologizing to us for eating, but you're just apologizing to the I'm listeners. Apologizing to the listeners. Damn. It, it sounds so gross. <laughs> I can hear it. Nah, I'm sure it sounds good. I have like two uh, bites left, listeners. <laughs> Should I just do the, the intro while Seb does his two bites, I guess? No, we need to sing a song. Okay, well, what song are we going to sing? I just remember the German song. Okay, sing it. I, I don't know it. I just know there was a German song in it. I feel like the most recognizable song in the whole movie was like the Skype calling theme song. And I'm answering the call. That is a pretty good song. that zoom doesn't have uh you know compare like it it doesn't it's got nothing on skype in terms of uh call uh ringtone sound that word also i'm pretty sure we're on google video not zoom well google doesn't have it either (laughs) i bet google sound sounds like (laughs) but google is free so Mm -hmm. maybe they just like didn't i don't know yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah. And we stalled long enough for Seb to be done. I'm done. Seb's done. <laughs> <clears throat> Thanks, All right. Listeners. Seb's done chewing. We've done a song. Time to get into the podcast, I guess, <laughs> is it? Or do we want to stall more? Do we want to just take more time to stall? Yeah, we could just talk about our weekends. Ryan, how was your weekend? Um, It was good. I had like a, a Thanksgiving thing in our backyard with a couple of friends and we had everyone made meals that had apple in it which was really nice so i made like a spiced apple hummus um so yeah that was nice and i visited my parents and we watched saving private ryan because my dad wants to watch (laughs) (laughs) which was like thanksgiving uh, yeah (laughs) yeah and then i came back and now i'm here that's about it apple things are so good they're very good. Yeah, the, that's a great the, choice. The hummus tasted like um, cinnamon toast crunch if it was a spread. So it was a pretty Ooh. successful Ooh. thing. Oh my god, that wow. sounds amazing. Yeah, it was great. I feel like there's a song parody we could do with Personal Shopper. I was trying to think of it the entire film, but I couldn't think of anything. <laughs> it might be like Personal this- Personal Jesus, Marilyn Manson. Oh wow, <laughs> that's a good pull. <laughs> I was Thanks. not thinking of that the entire film. <laughs> Sorry, I think we passed that. What's this podcast called? And who's yeah, on Nara, it? I thought you were taking this intro on. Well, I was asking if we wanted to do the intro, if we wanted to stall more, and then you asked Ryan about the weekend. <laughs> um, but hi, welcome to Is It Whack, a podcast uh, about movies and if they're whack or not. Right now we're doing a little mini series called Is it Hallowack or Wackoween? Whichever one you want. I don't 
I will accept both, and Who I will cares? understand what you're talking about if you say either. Hey, <laughs> I care. Attention to detail is important, and it's hallowack. Okay, Adam. Okay, it's hallowack. hallowack. Happy almost hallowack. Um, it's Tuesday, October 13th. Not quite there yet. Um, but we're talking about spooky, spooky movies. Good for spooky season. Uh, yeah. <laughs> and today we have a special guest. Who's Ryan? Um... And Ryan chose the movie. So, yeah. I'm Nara. I'm Adam. I'm Seb. Ryan, why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself? Yeah, Ryan. Uh, I'm Nara's friend. Um, I live... <laughs> <laughs> I live north of Davenport. Um, oh. Hey. I love movies. Me too. Really? Yeah, yeah wait. Yeah, you like... Where do you Where? live? You live like ten minutes away from Adam. Where do you live? I'm at like I'm at like Lansdowne in St. Clair. Oh, classic. Yeah, yeah I'm like it's, it's pretty classic. <laughs> iconic spot. <laughs> <laughs> I'm you near really like Oakwood could... in St. Clair. It's great. Oh, we're, we're almost neighbors. You guys oh, are gonna have screaming this fans. together. Yeah, yeah. screaming well. fans outside. That's hopeful. Screaming so. fans just running between those two like <laughs> <Yeah>. intersections. <laughs> <laughs> trying to find you yeah you could literally you wouldn't even have to email adam your audio you could just like put it on a usb key and like drop it in his mailbox <laughs> i could just throw it you could yeah probably you could just it. talk really loud and adam could record it on his device i love it <laughs> but if you do want to drop it off and also drop off some um apple hummus <laughs> sure that real, sounds great that'd be really good yeah maybe i'll be, do that wow really wait you have some left over no, but I can make more. I mean, it's like six <laughs> ingredients. <laughs> oh, well, you know, don't make it just for me. Okay, I won't. <laughs> <laughs> what yeah. movie are we talking about today? I don't know. It's Ryan's pick. Ryan, do you want to talk about intro the movie and why you picked it and the first time you watched it? Okay. Um, I picked Personal Shopper. Um, I picked it because when I asked... Nara, if I had to pick a Chris movie, um, in between the time where I sent, <laughs> in between the time where I sent that text, and she said no, I was like Chris movies, and I thought of Kristen Stewart and Personal Shopper, and then when she said it was just had to be spooky, I was like, oh well, that works too. So I stuck yeah, with it. Yeah, still works. Yeah, yeah, that is true. Sort of applied uh, to both themes. Totally, which is perfect. And then the first time I watched it. Um, was like maybe three years ago a friend of mine was like always talking about how she wanted to get her hair cut like Kristen Stewart and personal shopper and I had no idea what she was talking about so <laughs> I watched it and her hair was cool and I liked the movie and what was the other question I think that was it I think you covered Sweet. it you did it perfect job nice Nara texted you what movie you want to pick for Chris and then you texted her, are you alive or dead? <laughs> Who is this? Lewis? And then she said, what does it matter? <laughs> when the, when the, the first time that the, um, I guess it's the only time where the text messenger makes a joke. I actually laughed out loud. It was pretty I funny actually wrote when he was like, down. I'm kidding. <laughs> that was pretty funny. Yeah. Um, I don't know. For me, there was one more joke that I wrote down. It wasn't that, but maybe I don't want to spoil it yet, but fuck it. Um, she says, um, what else is forbidden? 
answering my questions. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> kind of a passive aggressive. <laughs> yeah, I thought, I thought it was so chill. <laughs> Honestly, it, very funny. Is it yeah, forbidden to text me back on time? Totally. <laughs> personal shop is actually just a comedy, um, not scary at all. Um, I would say probably the least scary movie ever. Um, wow. Probably the funniest movie ever. Best comedy. Yep. Was this the first time uh, for everyone else watching it? Yes. Wah. Yeah. Yeah, it was for me also. I always heard about this movie and I thought that is probably really good. It's probably not my thing. Totally. But well, t- turns out it was your thing, huh? I don't know. It's kind of half. Oh, oh, oh! I don't know. Exactly. I don't know. It was really good though. Nice. Well, we want to give a. It... So, oh, was it my thing? Yeah, was it your thing? <laughs> yeah, it was my thing. That was oh six six six. Uh, definitely my thing. <laughs> Do you want to give us a summary corner, <laughs> and then we could get into this flick? Sure. Is there a song? Then we do the Sev Summary Corner. Oh, I feel like we haven't been giving song. the song for Sev Summary Corner in a while. But yeah. thanks for bringing it back. I feel like I haven't done it in a while. So well, you weren't on the last episode. I wasn't on the last one. Then the guest, we kind of just talked about the plot for the whole episode. Yeah. And the can and the Candyman, you we just kind of fought for the whole episode. <laughs> yeah, I did not Run. fall asleep halfway through that episode. <laughs> <laughs> you fell asleep in the Candyman one? No, I definitely did not. No. Oh, I, I was just—I was just telling everybody that I usually put it on, fall asleep about halfway through, and finish it in the morning. Mm-hmm. Um, but that one, I was like, is you're so on the edge okay. of your seat. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> totally. And then you weren't there the next episode. I was like, oh god. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'm concerned. I'm the Simon Cowell of the podcast. But I'm going to be more normal this time. No, no, no. You're not the Simon <laughs> Cowell. <laughs> uh, and anyway, you were only I... here, not here last time because you were on a business trip. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's all. On a mandatory business trip. <laughs> like Bill O'Reilly style. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it was more like a forced leave of absence. Anyway... Uh, should I summarize this movie? Also, I'm not like Bill O'Reilly, just to be clear. <laughs> I was just yeah, referencing when you can, went on vacation. You can summarize this movie if you want. If you want, you can just, uh, I don't know, say something else, but that would kind of mess up the podcast format, but, you know. I feel like there's not... Do, hmm? do, some, do something Simon Cowell would do. Um, this movie was so ghastly... I don't know. I was trying to think of a ghost fun. <laughs> the only scary thing about this film were the performances. I, I don't know. It's it a good movie. <laughs> That's all. I also have. I don't know if I've ever seen a full episode of American Idol. Anyway, Personal Shopper is about Kristen Stewart's character. Whose name is Maureen. Maureen. Maureen, and she is a personal assistant slash personal shopper for a famous uh, model socialite model person. Yeah, kind of unspecified, yeah. but seems like she's a model. Um, 
and uh, she's also trying to cope with the loss of her brother Lewis, um, who has just died, um, and she believes that Lewis, who is a medium, will leave her a sign when it's ready to when uh, it's time to move on from the death and to leave Paris, where she lives. She's she's an American. Um, and uh, that's a lot of the movie. She starts getting weird, uh, you know, ghostly encounters and strange text messages, which are maybe from Beyond the Grave or maybe not. Maybe from Spooky. a guy who works for Vogue. Yes. We don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Spoiler. <laughs> but yes, that's that's my summary. Wow. Terrific. So what'd you guys think? You like this one? I liked it. I did. All right, and there we go. That's it. End of the episode. Ryan, <laughs> Ryan what, what did you think the first time you saw it? Um, I guess I just um, was surprised the whole time. Like every time something happened, I thought something else was going to happen, and then it just kind of like goes a completely different direction. So I really liked that about it. I thought it was very cool. Yeah, it does do this weird thing that. I don't know some films do and sometimes I like it sometimes I don't where it just kept like you think it's gonna be like the final beat or you think the plot's gonna like end there and then it just keeps adding like other chapters um and I think I kind of liked it. it it's like a weird thing to watch always um at least for me because it's like I don't know it's kind of like at a certain point in the movie you're like oh this makes sense as the ending and you're sort of like settling into that mentality and then it's like making you do more work um which isn't necessarily bad, it just kind of like personally brings me out of the movie a bit, but I thought it was like the way this was structured at the end, I thought it was like important for like um, like the character, like for Kristen Stewart's character, like to like um, show her like dealing with the, like dealing with the death of her brother finally, instead of like dealing with this paranoia about the like texter like once that storyline was clear being able to like close up the other storyline like with her brother a little bit better yes it's it's interesting i thought it was gonna end for sure the scene the first time the glass breaks which i feel like you're kind of supposed to Mm -hmm. but her her grief is like complicated and even at the end it's not fully resolved you know, ends very ambiguously. You even the end scene I thought was gonna wrap up when it's like, um she kinda has a you know, a thing of like, is this over and, and whatever and are you at peace? Um, but then again it keeps going into this weirder thing where you're not sure what you're supposed to make of it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What's well, that I mean, yeah. <laughs> I love a movie that's like floaty like that, especially when it's about like grief and about trying to get over grief. Like I feel like it's it's a it's a film that I wish I got to see in theaters because I think it is one of those films that's like so all absorbing with its with like how the tone reflects uh, the, the 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 character's mind state and just like floating through life, feeling kind of ungrounded uh, in the wake of like her her brother's death, trying to make sense of it, but like not being able to kind of like ground herself and orient herself and like actually tackle this grief that is uh all consuming mm-hmm. i i thought it was interesting um i feel like every aspect of her life she's almost like a ghost or a reflection of another character right she's like literally you know standing in for her boss 
um, trying on the clothes for her. She's kind of like this other version. And then there's, you know, the scenes where she is kind of living in her apartment as if um, she is, is the boss. And it's like, and even when she has to stand in for the photo shoot, there's all these scenes where it's like, um, she's kind of like this, you know, afterlife version of another person. I think mm-hmm. it's interesting. Yeah. Also, the fit. fact that. Go ahead. Oh, I was gonna say also the fact that it's like not just her like brother that died, but her like twin brother. Mm-hmm. Um, where it's like she isn't like a full person on her own almost, or like she um. Like, I think that is part of her struggle, too, where it's, like, um, she doesn't know how to be a person without her brother or how to, like, or how she wants to be perceived, like, apart from her brother kind of thing, which is, like, part of the struggle. So, like, yeah, it is interesting that then her job is to, like, like, the way she, like, makes a living is to then be, a, like, a, like, a stand-in or, like, take on the mindset of this other person who is, like, a very public persona mm-hmm. and it, who is, like, um, yeah. I feel like the whole movie um, is kind of like a coming of age story, like underneath it all. Like it, it's all just like her grappling with the fact that she's not sure what her identity is. And I feel like for a lot of people that are very lonely or insecure or whatever, um, they get, I mean, I can speak from experience from like growing up or whatever. I feel like we get really obsessed with anything to just kind of fill that void. And I think in this movie, that void is like, basically all of this medium stuff because it kind of proves that she's not a very good medium the whole time but that's just the identity that her brother passed on to her and then her job is again like you right. said it was like a stand-in um for somebody else and i feel like i mean we can get to near the end after but i feel like the scene like the weird scene where she leaves the hotel i feel like that kind of marks um a departure for her actually like growing up mm-hmm. and actualizing yeah, that that that's that's cool. That's a cool way to view it. I definitely agree. I mean, one of the like big things that the the the, the texting, the unknown texter first asks her is like, "Are you happy with your life, or are you happy with who you are?" Mm-hmm. And uh, she says no, but she doesn't really say who she would want to be. Like, she just knows that she is like missing some element of like fulfillment in life. And like mm-hmm. you're saying, she's like trying to fill that with whatever she can. Um, and I, and yeah, I think that like the, the, her brother probably was a way to fill that to some extent, um, while he was alive. And and now that he's gone, it's like a whole other shaking to the core of that very idea of like, yeah, who am I? Who can I like, who can I use in proximity to like help define myself and to feel more full now that I've lost like the person who presumably is closest to her, or at least is pretty close or. Mm. totally and the, and the tragedy of it is that um like a lot of people would argue that ghosts and stuff aren't real and so for her to try to make a connection with herself and the world in the form of connecting with a ghost just seems very futile for her you know i think and um i think that it's a lot of these the things in the movie are really arguable like were the ghosts real were the visions that she sees um real um who was the texture all that stuff but i feel like there's enough clues throughout the movie to find out that I feel like the intention of the director was that it's all just kind of happening inside of her. And I feel like the last scene right. gives that away finally. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, mean, I can definitely see that. The movie I thought about a little bit was uh, Inside Lewin Davis. 
which is about a character who's trying to get over the loss oh, yeah. of like their musical partner. And I, I remember reading an article after I saw that movie that was like, um, it was like the Coen brothers trying to imagine uh, life without the other Coen brother, which mm, I, like, right. cause Lewin Davis That's is beautiful. A, yeah. It's so interesting. He's like, he's part of a duo <laughs> and then he's kind of lost without his partner. And I, I felt a similar thing where it's like, you feel Lewis's presence so much throughout the movie without meeting him. And you try and imagine what they would be like uh, together. And I, I like that. Um, maybe I think I was understanding this right. Lewis was romantically involved with the best friend, but Kristen Stewart didn't know about it. Is that? No, he, I think they were just like romantic partners, like him and Lara. Right. Yeah, because they were dating. Right. Yeah. Okay. Right. Yeah, that makes sense. But then she doesn't even. Um, there's a when we meet the new boyfriend who is so weird. Um, <laughs> I was like, I is love he that real? Scene. I thought Erwin just like wasn't real. <laughs> just like the way he talks is so strange, which I think might be yeah. intentional. But mm-hmm. um, that she didn't even think about like, there's a couple dynamics where she's like, oh, I didn't even think about that. And I right. feel like it was, she's a little bit like absorbed uh, in her own stuff. Um and it seems like she's very disconnected from the character who she skypes with, who I assume is her boyfriend. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, you, you get that, like, this might be the one person that she could have talked to and opened up to. She doesn't really mm-hmm. seem to be able to do that with any of the characters that we actually meet. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. And as such, she's kind of just, like, on emotional standby the whole time. Like, I... I and, you know, all of that is... Uh, as well tied into like the grief and you would understand why someone would feel kind of like emotionally unavailable at that point. But yeah, it's kind of like, it doesn't seem like she has anyone to, 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 to talk to in that kind of way. Um, and what you're saying about the Lewin Davis thing and, and just going back to, you know, what Ryan, what you were saying before as well, like, yeah, I think it's a, it's just a really fascinating thing for me to think about that, like, I don't know if I would know how to, like, define myself just completely isolated from, like, any other person in my life. Like, I don't know if I would be able to just, like, say only who I am completely un- unconnected to anything or anyone else. Like, it's, it's a it's a interesting thought, and I think it's a fascinating thing within this movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that's that's part of the ending too, where she gets cut off from the character she's been pretending to be when her boss is is murdered. Yeah, like it's one more thing that she can't use anymore to define herself. Totally. Which, which I didn't like think for... about until you said. Well, yeah, it like forces her to actualize, which is pretty cool. I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I like the way this movie like introduces the ghosts or like spirits or like the visions of spirits or ghosts because it's so like because it's like your first like the initial like intro to the movie it's like at the house where like lewis used to live and she's like trying to connect with him but it's like you don't really see a spirit you see like some like glimmer like Mm. glimmers of like weird foggy stuff where it's like and then it's, like, the second time that we visited back, it was, like, more obviously, like, a ghost figure kind of thing. Um, but sort of, like, how it brings that in, that, like, 
Um, I don't know. It just sort of like makes you like, again, like you were saying earlier, Ryan, like the way the movie is structured and the way those scenes are like just, um, they're kind of just like dispersed throughout with like no real pattern um, or like no really like foreshadowing to it to like what's going to happen or like how it's going to play out um, really does make you question about like whether it is like something that she's actually experiencing or if it's just like her like um, like projecting it or like something in her mind or like something where it's like oh I'm supposed to like know this is gonna happen so I'm gonna like I'm imagining that's gonna happen or like even because it's like the middle of the night and in the first scene she fell asleep like she could be dreaming it all kind of thing mm-hmm. so I think that's like really interesting um and like playing with like horror tropes but like n- outside of the context of like a horror film mm-hmm. well, I think after I... you see that first ghost um like before that it could be a horror film like the whole setup is yeah. the setup of a horror film and then after that ghost thing then it enters chapter two where it becomes like a psychological thriller and I feel like that's what makes it so scary it's because you don't really understand like you're not expecting anything at all and so anytime something scary does happen um it feels just like genuinely scary i guess yeah yeah i think it's like um the like the way the like horror works in this is like it's not like because you can't because it's not like far enough like in the horror genre and but it's also like kind of towing on like a drama it's weird because you're like oh this could all just be like real life like it's so realistic like also the murder that happens like there's nothing to like signify that that was gonna happen so That's you're just like freaking love yeah so you're just like oh this is just like a drama but then it like pl- brings up all these horror tropes like outside of the context so you're like oh this is just real which makes it like maybe not like i don't know if it's necessarily like scary in a traditional sense but it is like disturbing and like stressful because you're like oh this is literally just real life like somebody literally was just murdered there's no like show about it or anything like this is just like a real person was murdered maybe by a ghost but by probably this guy who works for vogue totally that's what i love that's that's the tone that's like there's no uh separation like there's no uh 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 uh, uh, cinematic like separation that I, i don't even know what i'm freaking saying I just mean like it does pull you into like the freaking reality of it. I, I don't know what I'm talking about. You sounded Seth, French what were you going to say? You sounded French. You sounded like you were in the movie. Uh, uh, uh. <laughs> I just mean like, okay, usually in a genre film, you can like separate uh, yourself a little bit because it's like mm-hmm. you're, you're engrossed in like the genre format of it. You're engrossed in like the, 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 the tropes and the stylings and the so on and so forth. But yeah, like you're saying, it's like, this is just like a, a like a Ghostbusters thing, <laughs> but really <laughs> real and grounded and frightening. And it's like, yeah, if I was just alone in my house and like saw a ghost like that, I'm pretty scary. That's way more scary than like with any of that cinematic separation that usually occurs, even though those films I love, obviously. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, Personal Shopper was actually just like, the uh like trial one of the ghostbusters reboot but yeah the um... female ghostbusters <laughs> <laughs> but uh the, it was just a little bit too niche um 
you know. <laughs> I had something kind of going back, um, but just what Adam was saying about. Oh, he's back. Um, Me? Yeah, what you were you were saying. Sorry, about... I was open. I was opening up the door in my room because I feel I just felt like I was getting really warm, and that's why I was getting so flustered. Mm, could it be that you're wearing <laughs> the... a Iron Man onesie? Could that uh, be contributing at all? It's like a really hot onesie. Yeah, uh, it's like yeah. yeah I don't I'm think saying. that has anything to do. I don't think that has anything to do with it. <laughs> Is that actually a onesie? I thought it was a hoodie. No, it's a onesie. You want to see the here? Yeah, <laughs> while we're here. Long. Oh, hold on, I gotta For get the For the audience, angle. Adam is wearing an Iron Man onesie. <laughs> oh, well, that's not really a good angle. That's actually <laughs> less That's less of the outfit. Okay, there you go. Wow. Oh, beautiful. Ta-da! <laughs> He's rolled up one leg. <laughs> he rolled it down. Oh, yeah, that'll actually probably make me colder if I roll up both legs. That's a good idea, Seb. Yeah, okay, now Adam... To sip on... This because hot coffee. So much of this movie is um, about a personal shopper and about a fashion. Adam had to bring out his best outfit. Yeah, <laughs> it's also Halloween. It's not. It's October thirteenth. It's half a ween. It's half a ween. It's halfway there. <laughs> Sorry, Seb. What were you saying before? Uh. <laughs> Oof. <laughs> I was trying to think of something to get you to spit take, but I couldn't think of anything. Oh. I thought that's what you're setting up when you're like, let me drink wait, this wait, hot wait. coffee. Oh, that's a good idea, but I just want have to do it into my um <laughs> into my sink. Here, okay, say something funny. Say something funny. But oh you have anything? Yeah, I got yeah, I got this coffee. Um, uh, they're rebooting Mad Max with Anya Taylor Joy. <laughs> <laughs> That no. wasn't really funny, but that is exciting. Yeah, I, I, it's the only, the only thing I've been thinking about. That's very exciting. Um, no. I had something else I was going to say about this. Okay. But I for, I forget the point I was going to make. So somebody else... Okay, Wait, well, I did, I, was, I did have was, a point yeah, at some point. What were you going to say? I was just going to say, <laughs> what you. I think you kind of hinted at this, but the idea that the whole movie is kind of like a purgatory. And mm. I feel like it's a good metaphor for being a young person. While the time you got to work these jobs where you're in service of, you know, older people who have uh, more idea of what they're doing and are more powerful and whatever. And you kind of end up serving them and you feel like you don't have an identity of your own. And uh, yeah. I think that's that's interesting. I also thought it was a good uh, kind of COVID movie in terms of everyone's kind of in that place now where it's like, uh, I guess we're just waiting for this external thing to happen. Um hmm you know, right. to get some sign of, of what happens next. And we're all just stuck doing nothing right. until then. And it's like, <laughs> yeah, it's like once that sign happens, then we can move on. Then we can be like cleared to the next stage of our life. But it's yeah. like, if you're just waiting for that and waiting for that and waiting for that. Who knows what it's going to be. I don't know. It might not ever happen. Yeah, yeah. That's yeah. the other thing. Mm. <laughs> yeah, maybe that's why it's not a good COVID. Yeah, movie. never mind. <laughs> Depressing. <laughs> but it was a, I see that definitely. But I think, like, the thing, even the ending, is, like, a lot of those times, a lot of the time where you're waiting for those big ex- external changes, you have to make some sort of big internal shift uh, in mm. your head in the way you're thinking about it. And that's the actual change. Yeah. 
I like that a lot. Yeah, yeah I think that's, that's really a good cool. read. Can I also just say going back to the the idea of like how this movie plays with like horror tropes, um, like there's a weird thing like with the texting and then when the murder of Kira happens and she's brought into the police, um, where it's like I feel like part of you is like why don't you just like tell somebody or do something about it? But then this film like brings up and like perfectly explains why like she just wouldn't, why she like reacted the way she did, and why that makes so much. Sh- so much sense because there's like the part with the text where it's like the unknown texture like brings up like she almost like blocks the number and ends the conversation but then the unknown texture is like but don't you want to know who i am like don't you want to solve this mystery mm-hmm. which makes so much sense because i feel like like most people like when you're watching a horror film you're like why would you do that why would you keep on having this conversation with this like creepy person like when you can just end it you can just like put down the phone you can just like stop talking and exit the situation whatever and then also like with the murder like the entire time you're kind of just like call the police like do something call the police like why are you just leaving but then she like like it makes so much sense that she's just like freaked out and in shock and wants to get out of the situation like herself and she's just like worrying about self-preservation so i don't know i think it's kind of like interesting like how this film like acknowledges like I don't, yeah, I just think it's cool how this film is, like, acknowledging and, like, um, playing with, like, the horror genre. Mm-hmm. And also on the note of the texture, it's, like, for people who don't know who they are and feel lonely in those scenarios, I think that you can get very easily roped into basically anything that right. makes you feel like you can get out of your life. And I feel like Ingo, or sorry, that's my personal opinion. I think it's Ingo texting her. Um, um texting her all these really uh, like strange dark things and she gets so like she really like the whole movie as well as her zooms in on the phone and she just like it seems like she turn, turns the lights out on everything else in her life i feel like i can really yeah. relate to yeah just like the feeling of like something strange popping up that pulls me out of you know my unsatisfactory life and then you just get totally roped into it so you think like why would you not stop talking to this person but this person is like clearly the most distracting thing that's going on in her life. And right. I feel like it does a really good job of like not only putting her in that position, but putting the viewer in the position where you just like completely forget about the rest of the movie for like 25 minutes right in the middle. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. The movie mirrors that it's almost like for, yeah, for like 30 minutes, it's like almost a silent film where we're just reading texts, totally. which is wild. Um, <laughs> but I, but yeah, I think that's definitely true. It's like, or, or even, a new friend or if I'm like uh, seeing someone for the first time or something, it's like become so engrossed with just like and single minded with just this one yeah. thing totally. that even if like, <laughs> I don't know, even if there were clear warning signs or like from the outside, someone was like, you know, you don't have to be like this obsessed with this. Mm-hmm. It's like, uh, yeah, of course, of course you're going to be. That's so it's, it's like you said, it's the most exciting new thing in your life. So of course you're going to be so obsessed. Yeah, I think also the like, because there's like parts where she's like texting this unknown person like very like confessional things or like things that you obviously know that she hasn't like talked to other people about. Um, and I think there is like that thing where it's like, like one having that physical separation between like like of like phones or the internet or whatever between like yourself and whoever you're like talking to or confessing to makes it a lot easier because you're not like immediately confronted with their their reaction and you can do like what she did where she just like 
turns her phone off or puts it on airplane mode and forgets about it until she like can prepare again um which i think is like super like realistic and like interesting to um think about like how that helped her character like sort of function or like how that might be like necessary to her character but also the fact that it's like this anonymous person i feel like a lot of the times it's a lot less scary to like say like really like confessional things to like an anonymous person or to a like someone that you're not mm-hmm. super like close to because then it's like there's less fear of like their reaction mm-hmm. like it doesn't matter how they react it's all about you it's like a very like self-centered thing where it's like you can just forget like it's almost like they're not a person it's just like it's comforting to know that this information is being taken in um by someone else or by another party instead of it just being like written down where nobody else will see it like it's nice to know that it's like somebody is still absorbing it and still like knows how i feel but won't necessarily like react or like have to like i won't have to follow up with this like statement once it's out there yeah also feels like whoever the texter is um sees someone who's easy to manipulate and who they can Mm -hmm. control and is at a vulnerable point and then um maybe that works less if it is a supernatural thing but i I do think it's the most compelling if it is that guy. It's his name Ingo. Yeah. Ingo, yeah. Yeah, theories. Who do you think it is? Do you think it's supernatural or do you think it's Ingo? <laughs> uh, uh, Ingo. <laughs> it's Ingo. Can, I, can, I, can I say something I was just thinking about with the text? And I guess this works more if you read it as like a supernatural thing and and whatever. But um, just the idea that, like, in, in, this, in this digital age that we all live in, when someone, like, close to us uh, passes, like, one of the only things we really have left are the, like, communications that we shared with them, which might have been, like, text messages, might have been emails, and I was even thinking of it in terms of like film and cinema and how like people often talk about cinema as like time travel to a certain extent because it's one of the only things where you can like, you know, you see images from a hundred years ago and it feels like they're right there at the same time. Um, and yeah, I was just thinking about that idea of like digital preservation while watching this film and how like you can kind of it it is one of the only things that we have left when a person is gone and and then yeah that's the end of my thought <laughs> yeah mm-hmm. that's true it's also like that's also kind of like reflected like in because like for the first sort of half of this movie it is dealing with like the supernatural in that house and how it like they're selling the house and i don't really know if like the people who are buying it are that concerned with like the spirit in the house like it seems like they are but it also seems more so that they're like we just want to make sure that like um is her name lara the like partner to lewis the friend and like maureen it sort of like part of like they're getting maureen to like come to the house and like do her medium stuff seems to be like they just want to make sure these two people are okay with letting go of the house and they also mentioned like renovating the house um so it's like one of those things where it's like even that physical like entity like of the house which is like 
um like big and like super like um overwhelming and like isolated in its like own little space like even that as a reminder of lewis will like go and will change because they're going to renovate it and change the way the house looks and change the personality of the house so it's like even these physical objects that may seem very permanent and may seem like very monumental can go but then like digital things it's like even if they do disappear there's still like something in your brain that's like it's still out there in some capacity because i'm not really sure how digital records work so it's just like sort of floating around in the ether somewhere right i think there's also something cool about this movie just like it feels extremely authentic in how young people interact with technology and i feel like it would be like a time capsule in that way to watch it because it's just like even like i know this is in other movies but just the way it's presented even like watching videos on her phone at like a restaurant or on the train or even the the very specific way she reacts to each message i think if you're familiar with i guess either way but i think especially if you're familiar with texting um you can see you can really empathize with those emotions and how specific they are with each message Mm -hmm. and and what um each action means like putting the phone on airplane mode and, and things like that um which i think is a cool attention to detail even like using the very specific um interface of the iphone at that time you know which i assume is already a little different and um yeah i think it's cool and they, they didn't make up a fake one or whatever like they spent the money or whatever to make sure it was the real one Totally. The spaces between the word and the question marks. Yeah. <laughs> I do that. I do that all the time. Do you? I was like, I was like looking at it, you and don't? it was like every. I don't. It was every oh, single message, <laughs> and I was like, whoa. I mean, not always, weird. but if it's like something I'm, if I'm trying to show more excitement, mm. energy, I go space and then lots of question marks. Yeah, I feel like the multiple just question like, marks more for like comedy. That was the one thing. But, when I was right. watching it, I was like, that's funny. That's not like she's like putting her foot down. I'm like, who are you? Double exclamation mm-hmm. mark. It's like a cartoon. Yeah, it was like playful. It was weird. <laughs> yeah. I want to know how funny. the texture was credited. Like, because somebody was <laughs> yeah. on the set texting her, like probably like a meter away from her. But I doubt that it was like any of the people in the movie. But like, I couldn't find it in the credits. So, <laughs> yeah. Whoever yeah. did the tech, I mean, they got the timing very well down and and actually that goes to the point that you were just saying seb it's like yeah there's genuine uh tension that comes from like seeing that bubble come up not knowing what the texture is gonna say um which like i mean even if you're not familiar with how texting works i'm sure you would understand that it's like Mm -hmm. you're waiting for a response but it's just an emote like a, a a tiny thing that like people recognize and that people resonate with and that like immediately allows you to like identify with the with the tension of that moment. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think also, um, I don't know, it like deals with like different modes of communication in interesting ways where it's like she uses like phone calls in a very sort of like professional manner. Like I think she only talks to Kira on the phone. Um, and then it's like she only video chats like her partner, like showing sort of like the different mm-hmm. um like how different types of communication are utilized now and like because i think like that made like it made so much sense to me like when she's on the train and then she gets like the phone call from the unknown number for a minute you're like oh 
is it going to escalate in this way? Like, what's happening? Oh, right. was that that person? But then, like, it's just, like, her boss. And you're like, oh, yeah, that makes sense. That makes sense that she also might not have her number saved. <laughs> yeah. In, in, in my half-baked read about there being something about uh, digital preservation of uh, these things and how that's, you know, whatever. Uh, <laughs> really half-baked. But... Uh, there was something in there about communicating over video chat and communicating with the dead. Mm. Mm. Help me out here. Her um, boyfriend looks very dead. <laughs> <laughs> boyfriend is so tired. <laughs> um, well, it's also like the thing where it's like her job as a medium. I think like mediums traditionally are supposed to sort of help spirits that are like in between, like here and there right and that's sort of like the mode that the internet is is it's like it's not a real space or like it is a real space just as much as it's not a real space so like the internet can also (laughs) sort of act as this kind of purgatory um and i think like yeah like texting so much more so than like video chat or calling where it's like you don't have like actual proof of the presence that you're talking to you just have to like take it on faith that they're like also now with like automated text messages that you get from like yeah. internet service providers or from like i don't know other like government services right um it's so much more like texts are just like kind of like nothing or like they can be perceived as that it's like there's a lot less of like a footprint to it Adam's getting Big very excited brain for the audience. Big brain. <laughs> he keeps playing guitar and then tapping his brain. <laughs> that went on for a while. <laughs> yeah, because that's I, I I listen. I do if I I knew if I threw a pass out there, someone would throw down the dunk. I was just totally. throwing it into the air, and I knew someone would catch the alley oop and throw it down. Can and I, Nara, I'm glad you threw it down. Can I put another piece in there? I'm not sure. If it exactly is what throw, what, what throw, exactly throw it is. Throw up a pass. Okay. Yeah, or you are, you throwing down, are you throwing up a pass or are you throwing down a dunk? Uh, I, I guess it's part of the same play. on the alley-oop and now Seb is going to get an ad one. Okay. Right. Okay. <laughs> I think it's interesting that supposedly Oscar Wilde, is it Oscar Wilde? Developed this way to talk to the dead. That's what they talk no. about. No, fuck. It's not. It's a... Uh, it's Edgar it's like Allen it's Park. like Victor no. Hugo. Oh, it's Victor. Yeah, it's Hugo. Victor okay. Hugo. Yeah. It's Frankenstein. It was some <laughs> old guy. Yes. Um, <laughs> well, I feel stupid now. But anyway, Victor Hugo develops this way to talk to spirits. That's um, you know this very simple communication of one uh, knock for yes and and two for no. Then that gets dramatized in a TV movie from the seventies, and then that gets passed on to her watching on her phone. So there's like this this oh, transference yeah. of of the dead speaking to this author, uh, you know, a hundred years ago, and then uh, getting passed on to a film, and then to our uh, main character in the in the present. Mm-hmm. Damn, something. This movie, the Who knew we were movie, so smart? <laughs> message of this movie is actually just like you never you never die. Right. Nice. <laughs> um, also, the filmmakers made that tv movie right because it looked like incredible yeah. Yeah, they're like yeah it looks this, so like good. they're like they specifically say it's this corny tv movie from the 70s and then it's like so beautiful and like <laughs> like shot like incredibly and, yeah mm-hmm. i thought that was yeah. funny 
yeah there's also like because there's also like that idea of like um like the passing on of identity and of information like with the artist that she looks up at the beginning where it's like this woman who left all her paintings and like wasn't acknowledged wasn't known at the time that she's living but then after her death she becomes a very like um like important figure to like both like mediums and like spiritual communication but also to like art um and like yeah that i think also like that goes back to the like idea of identity and finding your identity where it's like your identity might not be fully realized until after your passing um which is kind of like a grim thought Mm -hmm. um in the grand scheme of things but like that idea that it's like maybe you just like never like you never yeah it's like your identity is just never fully formed it's like constantly going to change and constantly like going to be interpreted in different ways and by different people as long as there's like little um whispers of you like around mm-hmm. maybe there's also something yeah. about how Beautiful. there's um something kind of ghostly and um, oh yeah lonely about go. the way that we communicate okay. now right <laughs> Like the True. the Skype calls mm-hmm. with the boyfriend are kind of grim and sad, and she doesn't really know what's going on with him. Like he's talking about all this stuff that we never really get to understand. Um, and she's like, "Oh, I thought you knew that my boss got murdered because you saw it on the news." Like it's like so disconnected. Like this really important thing that happened in her life, she assumed he already knew about about it because of you know the kind of communication we have now, and. Right. Um, she seems disconnected from almost everyone in in the same way that she's disconnected with her brother who died or in a similar way. And he's not, and he's not able to like provide any actual comfort over uh, video, right? Like he's like, Oh, are you okay? And she's like, I don't want to talk about it. And then once they're off the call, she's just left alone. It's like, there's no real like uh, comfort in the same way as like a physical affirmation, physical contact and, it's you know it's 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 yeah. it's it's but also, like connecting with the spirit world. I miss yeah. some of that. Oh, really? Now you're delayed. <laughs> Is that just me? What? Oh yeah, um, you are a, delayed. It was a bit choppy near the end. Yeah. Was it choppy? Really? Alright. I mean, I don't know. I don't even have to say the, what to say. the big brain thought again. That sucks. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, do you want me to say it again? Is that why you're all waiting? Is that why you <laughs> wanted me to say it again? <laughs> you're just, you're delayed. It's hard to tell when you're going to talk. Okay, one second. I'm gonna. Oh shit! Oh my god, Adam Pavlidis has left the meeting. Oh, Adam Pavlidis has joined the meeting. Oh nice. Hi. Hey everyone. Sorry about that. Um, I guess I was just choppy. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I'm sorry, you're choppy, Adam. You were saying something about modes of communication that kind of interrupt 
real emotion and being able to connect with people, but then your connection just drops. You know <laughs> and and yeah, honestly, it proved my point because I was like, I was trying to talk and I was trying to express like how I felt, and then as soon as like I wasn't able to because of this like technological divide, uh, I was just over here all completely by myself, <laughs> completely isolated, and feeling like really sad and lonely and now i know even more than ever like what she must have felt like during the movie like to be to be completely alone and just unable to like connect and authentic witness ways. a murder yeah well witness yeah a I, murder your I mean, twin dies i have witnessed a murder before Ooh. we don't have to get into that you witnessed an podcast. attempted murder Whoa. yeah but i saved the guy's life it was Whoa. it was dramatic, yeah. but yeah. let's not get. Yeah, we don't have to get into that on this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Ryan, you were saying? Oh, I just wanted to, because like the reason when I was picking this movie, I was like, "Yo, this movie is very self serious. Maybe it won't be fun to talk about." But then I thought about how like playful the structure and the plot was. And how many holes there are in it and i was like oh we could definitely at least have a debate about what's going on in this movie so i wanted to ask you guys what you actually thought about like does is there any um inconsistency with how we feel about who the texter is and whether any of the supernatural stuff is real and what happened at the hotel interesting something i kept thinking about why does she have the jewelry could it could it be she had some sort of episode and she killed the boss who she you know clearly hates throughout the film mm-hmm. and she took the jewelry i don't know how the guy would fit into it or why he would confess if he didn't do it but mm-hmm. but it could, it could also be like even if he um like even if the murder of the the boss like he did do it it could also be like he didn't drop off the jewelry yet her house and he didn't like arrange the hotel meeting or anything it could just be that she like um in that moment she was like oh this is my chance i can just nobody's gonna hold me accountable for just taking this like i can just do it wait did he drop the jewelry off in her house did i miss that i think it's i think it's like implied um Mm -hmm. when she like goes to the like she brings the jewelry to the hotel and he like or somebody slides the something slides the like key under her door right like sending her the text at that moment um i think it's like implied like for me it's easiest like it makes a lot of sense that it's just like the guy ingo um but it like also could like in my mind i could see it as her like imagining things from this very traumatic event um but we don't like her we don't see him drop off the jewelry but you think that he dropped it off when he slid the key under the door or whatever or, like, dropped it off earlier because obviously he, like, knows where she lives. Oh, right. Is, like, okay. Yeah, that makes sense. And is, like, is, like threatening her. Um, but it could also be, like, yeah, I also, like, believe just as much that it is, like, she is, like, traumatized from finding her boss, like, dead and blood everywhere. And in that moment, she was, like, rash and, like, her immediate, like, reaction was just, like, oh, I can just take this and go and there will be no consequences. Nobody will know that I was ever here. Nobody will know that I, like took this i just have to return it in a bit um mm-hmm. like i can live this life for a little bit like nobody's gonna hold me accountable um and then like later on it sort of like sets in what actually happened and she's like feeling guilt and like mm-hmm. obviously like scared and like very like upset about what happened 
I love the shot in the hotel where the elevator door opens and then closes mm-hmm. as if someone's getting out that we can't see. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And there's a lot of kind of like um, doorways and opening doors and stuff throughout the movie, um, especially in the in the ghost house that she goes through. Mm-hmm. I think are interesting. I don't know what that has to do with anything. I think that's a theme because when Ingo asks her, like, how do you know when you feel a medium? She describes it as a door being slightly ajar. So mm. I think you're onto something for sure. Ah. Right. Yeah. Um, and then also the reason why I feel like the texts are definitely Ingo is just because when she meets him, she gives him all the information that this anonymous texture would need in order to have all the conversations that they have. Yeah. And I think that he killed Kira and I think he framed or he was trying to frame Maureen. I think that was the whole motivation for all of the creepy texts, to be totally honest. Mm. Mm. I think he was using a lot of things she said, like, I don't know, firstly, she like talks shit about Kira. She calls her a pain in the ass. And then she talks about how she wants her freedom and she hates her job and she's waiting for a sign and she believes in all this stuff, but she's completely unsure of it because she's not, she's never fully connected with a ghost. And she says, I think I did, Mm. but I'm not sure. So I think he uses all of that as ammunition because he wants to kill Kira. And I think that's the motivation for him actually doing all the texting and stuff. Yeah, it makes a lot of sense. Lines up. Yeah. That makes sense to me. That makes mm-hmm. sense. That's that it. Solve the movie. That lines up pretty well. Done. Motive. Opportunity. <laughs> What's the other one? There's like three that they need for a murder. Um, access? Yeah. Weapons. Yeah. I think it is access. <laughs> weapons. Yeah, weapons. <laughs> um but yeah i love the bitter way he's like oh yeah i'm not i'm not in love with her it's just uh it's just physical i'm I'm totally chill about this yeah murder me no (laughs) never (laughs) but i I think that actor is good because like that scene i think i love that scene but i also completely Mm -hmm. forgot about him until he shows up at the end. I was like, oh, Really? Okay. My mm-hmm. first thought when she's getting the messages and she's like, Lewis, I was like, wait, do you not remember the dude Ingo that you met, like, a day ago? Mm-hmm. I thought it was Lewis. Totally. <laughs> oh, yeah. I got I got totally swept up in it as well. I didn't think about him at all. And then when you, yeah, when you see him in the hotel mm-hmm. at the end there, mm-hmm. it, yeah. it, was very, it was very satisfying for me. Who? Like, oh, shit, of course that guy. Who's my shooting? Biggest question, my biggest question is what happened in the hotel room? Because I'm like, oh, yeah, he was trying to frame her. She met up. She brought back the jewelry that he dropped in her house. But then, like, why did she leave? Because in my head, like, the, the opening doors is kind of like a, a symbol of her leaving there and, like, what happened to her emotionally. But I don't understand, right. like, why he would, in that scenario, let her go out of the hotel room and walk away and then he leave after it just to get arrested. Like... What was the interaction inside of the hotel room, I guess, is the one thing well, that I have no clue. I feel like the opening doors could be, like, the, like, the her showing up to the hotel room and bringing the jewelry could just be, like, like, some, like, that's not actually real. And then the doors opening as her leaving, it's just, like, that interaction never happened. And that's, like, in her mind what we, like, we see, like, her, like, thinking about mm. what that interaction would look like. That makes sense. So it's like it's like a rewind where she's like, actually, backtrack. I'm not going to do that. So it's like, that's why we don't physically see her leave. It's just like mm. ghost leaving. 
Like she never. That's went the to best the answer I've heard about that question. To be honest. Yeah, like she yeah. she never actually went to the went to the hotel. Because she still she has the jewelry after, right? I have no idea. We don't. I don't see think it. we see the jewelry again. Oh, okay. I don't think we see the jewelry again. Like the I'm last so time confused. it was her <laughs> in the <laughs> hotel taking it out. But yeah. Right. Do you right. think? Like we technically see her put the jewelry in the hotel room, but Nara is arguing that that's just like. Um, her train of thought of like what if I do go to the hotel room and I think that you're actually totally right right I think that must be it yeah Mm. who's shooting in the scene where he gets arrested you hear the gun Hmm? I think he shoots the guy yeah he he knocks him over and then he shoots him yeah I think so Mm. yeah he like pushes them away and then pulls out a gun right are those cops that he shot are those like undercover cops or are those just like I think they're cops because they you hear them go police but in French which okay, is police. police. <laughs> <laughs> I was not paying attention, obviously. Did you guys get subtitles? Because sometimes people were having full conversation. And I was like, I'm supposed to have subtitles. You could kind of, I kind of follow it. You kind of tell what's going on. I got on. French. I got subs for the English when they were speaking in French. I oh, got really? so. I got subs for most of the French, except for in the. Uh, the like the like documentary um where it's victor hugo i got subs for like half of the oh really i didn't get any subs so i was kind of guessing but i feel like you know you know french Uh, not really but like i feel like it's a good director you can tell what's happening in the scene even without the words you know Mm -hmm. tell the dynamics adam's looking at me skeptically but also like the french conversation have you know french huh you know French. I don't really. I was really bad at French. Can I pee? Of course. Of course. Okay. One sec. Have fun. Well, we can talk it. about French. Wait, should I bring you or no? That's chill, right? No, no you, you don't have to. to. Hey, so you want to. <laughs> Not really. <laughs> but like the French in this movie is like Kristen Stewart in English is like to her friend. I didn't have, you know, much of an encounter. And, but I still fear, feel a spirit. And then the French lady goes to her friends and goes, uh, 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 encounter, uh, uh, spirit. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, okay, I got it. See, you know French. You. You're so good at French. Was that was such, you recited those lines perfectly. <laughs> I was just trying to be diplomatic in front of Ryan. But okay. Seb, you know French! <laughs> <laughs> Ryan actually is fluent in French. Oh, really? Whoa. Are you yeah. serious? Yeah, that's like his first language. Well, I'm sure he would back my translations. <laughs> of course. Yeah. You, have, you, you were on it. You got. You had the idea. Yeah, I think you got the idea. Fast. Oh, ghost. I ghost. only got enough out so that it wouldn't be a problem. <laughs> Ryan, you know French? Yeah, it's my first language. Holy oh, shit. Do you think I would lie about somebody knowing French? Parlez-vous le français? Tu veux que je parle français? Oui. You know, Seb knows French also, actually. Seb is really good at French. Yeah, I was. I nailed it. It's cool. Nice. Trey. Oh, wait. Bon. We said we would do the off-air. We were talking about this. Um, but oh, uh, right. shout out to Ryan. Good night, Ryan, as you fall asleep night, at this Ryan. point in the podcast. This is the time we have to uh, shout you out. Oh my god! Now is Adam, are Adam and Ryan frozen for you? Oh no! Ryan's no, I got Ryan. Adam. I'm oh, not now I got oh, Adam. You guys, 
You, you have me feeling so alone again. All, <laughs> right, all alone because of this digital communication. It's like you know what? Ghost or, I, I, or like I'm ghost. I think I think North of Davenport is just having trouble. With, yeah. With okay. so, right now. Hey. Something's going on. Like usually I have Groovy Bin 5G available, and right now I just have Groovy Bin. So. <laughs> yeah. Damn. Hey, you all want to take you? You guys want to take a walk? Sure. I don't know any of the actors on the Walk Actor Avenue. Well, I thought Kristen Stewart was amazing. She's pretty amazing. Yeah, she's good. Kristen Stewart is so good. At times, she's I feel like too cool. Like you see her walking around in the leather jacket and stuff, and you're like, this person doesn't know who they are. Yeah, but uh, but but then she says any line, and you're like, yeah, that person doesn't know who they are. Yeah, I guess. <laughs> no, but but I think that's kind of what's so awesome about it because I think IRL you would look at someone like that. You would look at someone who like works as what you do. She's like a personal shopper living in freaking like Paris. It's like the yeah. coolest thing in the world. <laughs> and you would be like, of course, that person like has their life together and they are so confident in themselves and they think they're like like they they know who they are. They're not worrying about this. But everyone does. Like everyone's right. everyone's on a, like a perpetual search to figure out like who we are so Mm -hmm. i think it's i think she's actually like the perfect choice for this role because yeah i think that she encapsulates that so well it's like an outside confidence also like a lot of her um like detachment her like removedness uh irl like i think for a lot of people would read as like oh she's just so confident she's so cool she like is just you know that that's how they read that kind of like detachment mm-hmm. but in reality uh, as we see in her character it's like that she's not detached because she like thinks she's above the things around her or because mm-hmm. she thinks she's really cool it's because she's went through immense grief and she doesn't know who she is right totally well really makes some good points so actually you just got smacked down <laughs> i'm sorry <laughs> it's the opposite of value <laughs> so we were on the yeah, same you, team. I <laughs> I stuffed you so hard. <laughs> I think the uh we talked Sorry about you mentioned this earlier, yourself. but okay. I think the guy who plays uh Erwin is funny. I just think that character is weird. I think that entire exchange is weird. It's very weird. Yeah. Lots of ghostly boyfriends in this movie. Oh, yeah. <laughs> boyfriends who look like they're dying. What's that? Boyfriends who look like they're very tired and dying. Totally. Which just plays into the atmosphere so well, I think. And the fact that I have yeah. no idea who those guys are, too. <laughs> yeah, I don't know what his deal was, but I just loved his delivery in that scene so much. And then when he walks away and, like, creeping behind, you can see the uh, the mm. ghost of the, the brother, presumably. Mm-hmm. All right, yeah. I guess. Who also looks anymore, like but... him. Yeah. <laughs> Everyone, I thought it was like, is he real? Like that. Sorry, Nar. I fully like when that exchange happened, and the like cup fell to the ground after, and he like didn't even say goodbye to his like partner, or like she wasn't aware that he left or like was there at all. I was like, wait, was he actually like? Is he real? <laughs> like, was he actually there? Yeah, or... po- possibly not. I mean, and like Seb said, like they do look the same. Yeah, I don't know. There might be something in that. Also, he was like, I love that he was just like, yeah, we were at carpentry school together. Um, <laughs> he's basically the same person as her twin. I, I thought I, the... I, I, go ahead, sorry. 
Oh, just I thought the ghost of the twin guy was supposed to look like him, so there was some ambiguity of, like, you're kind of squinting going, is that the same guy? And then mm. the cup starts floating on its own, and then you're like, oh, maybe it's the brother? I don't know. Totally. Yeah. That was awesome. S- sorry, Ryan? Uh, that's actually kind of what I was going to comment on, for sure. Oh, really? <laughs> oh, my God, same brain wave. <laughs> <laughs> Crashing into each other at the top of the basketball hoop (laughs) (laughs) putting it in together yeah (laughs) i feel like i'm in an anime or something yeah (laughs) someone should try that someone should try that in a game you could do stuff like that in uh nba street which was a game i used to play as a kid uh it was like three on three and you're like in the park and it's just all these like wild moves you throw it up like 50 feet in the air and do like 10 somersaults like in air and right. then dunk totally. it was so cool it was like the shaolin soccer of basketball yeah sorry it was like the shaolin soccer of basketball yeah 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 <laughs> can i say something controversial yet so brave i guess <laughs> i feel like yeah. I, not all the time but sometimes i felt like Kristen stewart was almost in like not to this extreme, but almost in the Keanu Nicholas Cage camp of like it's not <laughs> natural human behavior, it's more like an extreme emotion that she's I trying totally to get. I totally felt that. Like I especially that. in her interactions with the ghost. hmm I literally thought Nick Cage halfway through this viewing, for sure. <laughs> and I like Nick Cage and Keanu. But I think like yeah. they're like you don't see them and go, Oh, that's just like a human being you would react right. but you get kind of like almost this like it's more of a, a emotional visceral thing well it's you like a very Nick surreal Cage performance it's weird mm-hmm. i thought you were going to say something controversial and like negative but i actually think that's a positive for this performance. yeah I think like so. i think that's yeah. i think that's really cool we've talked about that before with uh cage how like a lot of people do critique him because it's like oh well a real person wouldn't act like that and it's like yeah but it's it's a movie and he's acting a feeling like he's acting an emotion sometimes that doesn't work like it depends on the movie Mm -hmm. but i think in in something like personal shopper which is such a a mood piece and a character piece and is so dedicated to like immersing the audience in that feeling i think she does exactly what the movie calls for Mm -hmm. just like face off they're basically the same kind of film (laughs) it's i mean i'd love if you expanded on that (laughs) i don't disagree i'm just kidding I don't disagree. I, think, I just want to know what you mean. <laughs> I think um, what should happen is a face-off remake and a personal shopper remake, but you just like swap Nick Cage and Kristen Stewart. Personal chopping your face off. <laughs> face shopper. It's the best I could do. There's a there's a world you could do a person you could do a face-off remake with Kristen Stewart and. Who's the equivalent? Someone? Who's the equivalent? I yeah, feel like I don't there know. is someone. I'm trying to think. Uh, fuck. I feel like there actually So she'd be someone. the cage. So yeah, the Travolta. It'd be like Dakota Johnson or something. That's pretty good. <laughs> but pretty I, haven't, good. I, haven't, I haven't seen Face Off, so I have no idea what we're talking about. I haven't Face seen Off. But who's the Kristen so Stewart good. equivalent? I feel like it might be someone like Dakota Johnson. Like someone very moody and in sort of artier stuff mm. i don't know you gotta <laughs> listen we can move on 
We might. We honestly might want to cut that out of the podcast because so I think we're gonna want to pitch that. I don't want to pitch that to Universal. I think we should. I think we. I think that's how we're gonna get funding for this podcast. <laughs> yeah, the overhead is so high right now. It's <laughs> so intense. I'm just imagining like face-off fans getting so mad at the idea of a female face-off. I know nothing about Face Off. Are there is there like a big like fan base for Face Off? No, no, I was just saying like 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 Ghostbusters or something. I think people like it. Yeah, it's not like Ghostbusters though. Yeah, yeah, no, no, it's not. Yeah, it's also there was only one movie. It wasn't like a franchise. So it's hard for one film to build up the same kind of uh, dedicated base, I guess. I guess. Yeah, there were only two I Ghostbusters, guess. and everyone hated the second one. Yeah. Well, can I, can I tell a fun actually. story of me interacting with the producer of the new Ghostbusters? Whoa. What? It's fun. Um, so I, I don't. Reitman? Did you get slapped? No, no, the female one. Oh, okay. I don't remember her name, to be honest. Um, but I was working for this really ridiculous company that I actually told Nara about last week. Um, but anyway, so I was showing this person an apartment that she was going to rent potentially for like six months. Um, and I was in charge of like being very uh, professional or whatever. And so I, I, meet, I, meet, I meet up with her and I'm sitting in the <laughs> elevator. But I had heard that she was a big movie producer. So I was like, so uh, what movie did you produce recently? Why are you in town? She was like, oh, the new Ghostbusters. I was like, oh, cool, cool, cool. And then there's just this moment of silence between us in the elevator going up to this like condo that I'm about to show her. And I'm like, you know, I'm a filmmaker too. And then, and then she looks over at me. She's like, I bet you are. And it was just like, <laughs> it was just such a classic moment. And then we got up and after that, she thought it was funny, I think. But yeah, she did not <laughs> engage with that comment whatsoever. You didn't try and pitch oh. or something? No, no, no. I just In a literal elevator. elevator. You had a you literal had elevator pitch. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was very funny. <laughs> but it worked. She she took the apartment. If anybody was wondering Ooh. how that story ends. Wow. <laughs> and she took your pitch. Wow. Mm-hmm. The the um the producer is Amy Pascal. And uh oh, there was okay. there was a It was actually Amy was... Pascal, like the head of Sony. Well, let me look it up. Amy Pascal. That's what it says on Wikipedia. But I'm, I'm sure there's more That's... than one producer. Yeah, but those are just like the two main producers. One sec. Ghostbusters. Was there a name for the new one, or is it just Ghostbusters? It's Ghostbusters no from Amy, 2016. Amy Pascal was in Toronto for six months. N- no, no, that wasn't her. Um, I just was it the Amy writer? Pascal. Possible, but she's like Ghostbusters she's like the 2016. Head. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Let's see. Whoa! I think I just had a really intense revelation. Okay, that what? whole time somebody said that they were like big time in movies and when they showed up it looked exactly like Kristen Wiig but I was like no it's not an actor and then she said Ghostbusters and I just I don't know why I assumed it was producer but now looking at the producers and it was neither of them but, but, <laughs> looking at Kristen, but I'm just finding out that Kristen Wiig was actually in that movie which I never saw I think I interacted with Kristen Wiig <laughs> I'm so glad I brought that up holy shit this is like the sixth sense in real life. Oh yeah. wow, this is actually Kristen blowing Wiggle my mind right now. Yeah, yeah, I was like, wow, you, in my head I was like, she looks exactly like Kristen Wiig. Wow, this is crazy. What was it like to work with someone who looks so much like you? 
Wow, beautiful. Oh, that's, that's so funny. That's awesome. <laughs> All right. I met Kristen Wiig. Cool. That's a way better story. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> nice. Cool. <clears throat> wow, I love that. There are so many revelations happening on this podcast. Yeah. I don't think we can top that. I think we have to go out on that. Yeah, that's bad. <laughs> anyone have any? La- anyone got anything else you want to say about Personal Shopper before we move on to the uh, the scores? Nope. I think the uh, remake will be made with Kristen Wiig. Um... <laughs> <laughs> yep, that's it. I li- I, yeah, I just like it a lot. Yeah, it's great, great vibe, great mood. Mm-hmm. I might just watch the Clouds of Silmaria. Yeah, I want to wow. see that now because I, I heard smart. that's a masterpiece as well. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. For some reason, I've never watched any of his other movies after this, even though that one left a really big impression on me. So I definitely would I check watch it out. Vap. What's that mm-hmm. one? Which one? Irma Vap by Oliver. Hmm. Is it Olivier Oliver? Yeah, Essay. Olivier. Um, I want to watch. Um, Are we just gonna uh, list all his movies now? Let Let the Sunshine In is supposed to be good. Breaking mm-hmm. Dawn Part Two. Kristen yeah. <laughs> Stewart. You know, right? I do know. I know so much. It is kind of cool that like, like Kristen Stewart and Robert Pattinson, uh, you know, struck it big with those movies in terms of uh, fame and money, and now it seems like they just want to use the the clout that they have accrued. To just do like passion projects and just cool shit. Weird indie totally. stuff. Yeah, that's awesome. I love that. That's kind of like the ideal career trajectory. Just like do one thing that makes you all the money you'll ever need and then do fun things afterwards. I totally love it. Right. Yeah. yeah. And But you can get trapped by like the identity of that one thing. I don't think that people like see uh, Pattinson as uh, Edward like these days. No. Or no, uh, Kristen exactly. Stewart as Bella like. They've mm-hmm. totally carved their own lane. Do you think people mm-hmm. are going to see start seeing Pattinson as Batman? Yeah, maybe. After Batman? Maybe. There's just been so many Batman. And I think, yeah, mm-hmm. it's possible. Oh, I want there to be a Batman reboot that's just Batman. And it's like every single Batman just come together. <laughs> They'll probably <laughs> Well, I mean, I'm pretty sure Michael Keaton is in the new one. I don't know if he's playing a Batman. I think, but I I'm, think I heard that. I think he's in the new Flash or something playing Batman. Like he's going to uh, time travel. I don't know. Something and they all grew up in a cave together with Bane. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Callback. Totally. Yeah, that's great. But there's something we've discounted, and it's that you know Taylor Lautner should do a movie with Claire Denis or something. Mm. Oh my well, god! Yeah, I guess, yeah. he's got to he's, he's got to come that... back. Does he even do? Mm-hmm. Yeah, because he doesn't even really act anymore, right? He's in he's in one of the like couple of the Sandler movies, but even those were a while ago. Mm-hmm. I also don't think he's as Interesting oh in actors, God. the other two. Taylor Lautner in the next Wes Anderson. Sure. <laughs> well, because, like, I mean, Daniel Radcliffe and Emma Watson have tried to do the same thing. I don't think that they have had... Uh, I mean, Emma Watson's been in some good films. Mm-hmm. I don't think she's as nearly as good of an actor as Kristen Stewart. No. And no, Daniel Radcliffe has... He's been done it, something. He's intentionally been doing the weirdest things he can yeah he just kind of does really odd things but i i love him i think he's great i love uh swiss yeah. army man and i i like the f word and stuff that's not really a weird movie oh yeah yeah i like i like the f word also pretty conventional movie though 
And also in Harry Potter, there was also the Taylor Lautner. Right, Rupert uh, Grint. Rupert Grint. Who I yeah. actually think doesn't no, act well. anymore. Robert Pattinson was in Harry Potter 2. 4. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Nara, not Harry Potter 2, Harry Potter 4. <laughs> yeah, Taylor Lautner hasn't done anything since 2016, <laughs> which isn't that long ago. Though. Sad for Taylor Lautner. Taylor Lautner, get on the phone with Wes Anderson. I know it doesn't seem like a long time, but thinking about Taylor just chilling for four years in a row is kind of weird. Yeah. I wish I could just chill for four. Like, I wish I had that much money that I could just chill for four years in a row. Be in the next Twilight. Damn. I could, they, isn't a new book being released or like wasn't a new book released? Really? Yeah. Oh, yeah. I think they're like from Edward's perspective or something. Or am I thinking of Fifty Shades of Grey? Wow. Um, guess what, Ryan, this is just Ryan's specific thing. Guess what Olivier Assayas uh, directed? It's a Ge- documentary. Guess what he's directed? That's a documentary. <laughs> guess who it's about? Guess who it's about? That's a crazy question. <laughs> <laughs> Scarface? Um, no. Um, an Unconventional Truth. No, he directed <laughs> Triple guess. H, a portrait of Hao Xiao Shen. No way. Yes. Okay, because in this documentary that I watched called Flowers of Taipei, he was one of the people that they interviewed, and he said that, yeah, Taiwanese new cinema was one of his main things, so I totally believe that. That sounds awesome. I should watch that. Can I read you guys a scene, uh, I mean, a, a selection from Taylor Lautner's Wikipedia page? <laughs> Yes. Of course. Of course. Lautner has stated that he does not want to be just known for his looks. Some have attributed his popularity to that and not his acting skill. Which is a weird sentence. In an interview, <laughs> the actor revealed that he was originally supposed to have a bearing scene in the movie Valentine's Day. A bearing scene. He stated, The script said we were walking into school and Willie takes off his shirt. I said, Whoa, whoa, whoa. Time out. He's going to take off his shirt in the middle of the school? No, no, no. The reason I took off my shirt for New Moon is because it's written in the book that way, and there's reasons behind it. (laughs) (laughs) There's reasons. We said we couldn't top that Kristen Wiig story. (laughs) Do we want to do our rating? Uh, Yes. Nara, you want to go first? I'll go first. Um... Um, I think it was a good movie. I enjoyed it. I don't think it was that whack. Um, but I think the more you think about it, I don't know. I think the more I thought about it, I was like, oh, this is more whack. Like, I have more questions. But then I, like, thought about it more. I was like, actually, I've answered those questions. And then I thought about it more. And I was like, actually, no, I, I doubt my, my answers. Um, so I think, I think the, the after, the, the immediate experience of watching it, it all made so much sense, maybe. Or maybe it's just like Adam was saying, it's just like a super, like, um, like it's a film that just sort of like, well, I don't remember the word, but it like washes over you and you're just like really in it. Mm-hmm. So like, as you're, you're just like so involved as you're watching it that you don't, you don't, you're just like, oh yeah, this makes so much sense. Of course he's going to do that. Like all this makes sense. Like, of course that would happen. But then you think about it and you have all these questions. Um, so I think the after part, the, the, the afterthoughts make it, a little bit more wax, so I I'll give it like a like a three and a half. Sweet, Sebi. Uh, I'd agree. I don't think it's super whack. I really like the movie. 
Um, I don't think I'll do two and a half. I think the uh, the texting thing is the really weird stylistic thing, or how long mm-hmm. it goes on and stuff. But otherwise, I, I think you know, pretty pretty pretty. I guess standard psychological drama, but very good, very well done. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's pretty whack. I I think like um, you're underselling how odd of a thing the texting portion is i mean it is like 40 minutes of the movie where it's like pretty much just texting 40 uh, uh, 30 20 (laughs) 35 somebody write in and let us know let us know how long it is 25 all right i'll settle for 25 but that's still a lot (laughs) yeah yeah Mm yeah um and i think I actually think, like, uh, as I was saying earlier, um, <clears throat> to quote me, awesome movie. Nice. So I'm <laughs> going to give it a three and a half. Reclaim. A three and a half? <laughs> I love that quote. That's my favorite Adam quote ever. <laughs> I will Ryan. say that this movie, I think, um, tricks you into thinking it's not whack whatsoever, um, just because of its yeah. like, pr- presentation. And like, I guess at the beginning, it kind of does feel like maybe the beginning of what could be a generic horror movie. And then it like surprises you with every single decision it does with its plot. Um, and so for that reason, I don't think it's the wackest movie ever, but I think it's surprisingly whack. So I'll give it a 3.25. Ooh. All right. Wow. Numbers going into the wackometer. I always um, wondered what this looked like. <laughs> it looks like that. And now you know what the machine looks like. It's great. The uh, the, fi- the final score is uh, 3.1875, or we could round that up to 3.19. <laughs> Pretty good. Pretty nice. good. I could even just round it up to 3.2, you know? Well, at this rate, what, are you going to round it up to a five? Come on. <laughs> you know what? Just round it up to a seven. Why not? <laughs> um, I think that's less whack than uh, than Scream, but... Scream the current champ? I, I didn't... Yeah. I, I lost my Pretty notebook sure is, right? that I write things down in for this podcast, so... We'll have to listen back. Yeah. Scream, Scream got more than Guest? Yeah. Scream yeah. got more than Candyman? Yeah, I kind of, yeah. I think I, I gave it like a five. So yeah, I you gave it a full five. Yeah, five. Just because you love Matthew Lillard. Because I love Matthew Lillard. <laughs> Matthew Lillard's the best actor ever, I've decided. Every other actor, horrible. No. Matthew Lillard, amazing. <laughs> I haven't been on vacation. <laughs> Where'd you go? France. For real? Yeah. That's so nice. No, he was just on a business trip. That's so convincing, Sub. Wow. <laughs> he went to the same place that Hannah and Funke went for this episode. France. So it's sort of like a Pokeball to... situation. Mm. <laughs> it's much bigger on the inside. Just kind of hang out there. All right. Uh, thank you to uh, Ryan for being our guest on this episode, Ryan. Thank you, Ryan. Thank you. Thank you for having Thank you. me. That you guys awesome, got me awesome. into podcasts to begin with. So, yeah. Wow. Whoa. Holy yeah. smokes. 
That's amazing. It's true. <laughs> Ryan, do you have any shout outs that you want to do? Um, my mom. Shout out. She might um, be listening right now, so shout out. I'm, I'm trying to think of who said they would listen. Eliza and my mom. Yeah. Shout out Eliza. Hello. Eliza and Ryan's mom, you both rock. <laughs> Hell yeah. Thank and... you to um, Emma Kudlak for the logo. Thank you to Ian Mills for the music. Go to at Insomniac Fest on Instagram, Insomniac underscore Fest on Twitter, insomniacfestival.com, any of those places you can learn more about us. And next week, I think we're bringing on Kun to talk about Tusk. Whoa. Nice. Woo. Yeah. Tusk. Tusk. <laughs> that's that's changing tones a little bit from this movie, but just a just a little bit. Yeah, I feel like just this movie's a bit, a bit of an outlier in the series, which I think is cool. Yeah. Thanks. I feel like, like I would... spooky but not yeah. It's more Sorry, a strange. I'd yeah. I'd almost put this and the guest in like a similar similar camp. What? The guest's a little more bonkers. <laughs> bonkers and it's presented in a very different way. This movie is kind of bonkers. This movie is kind of bonkers. Okay. I think that's it for and us. How did the movie Wait, end? Wait, I got a good one. Um, Adam, okay. ask me a question. Um, what are you going to do tonight? Ask me a yes or no question. <laughs> <laughs> well, you should have said that. Sorry. <laughs> um, is your name Sebastian? <laughs> <laughs> Ask if we're still recording. Are you Are at we peace? still recording? <laughs> okay, I'm gonna stop my recording now because Ghost Seb said no. Go. Bye. Bye. Mom, get out! I'm doing a podcast. <laughs>